0: Well, hey there, and welcome back to Wednesday night, whenever the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church, located in uh, Watson, Louisiana. And hey, I'm Matt. And I'm the student pastor. So uh, thank you for tuning in. This week we are still in our how-to series, um, looking at the more practical side of our faith how to how to live out our faith, put it into practice. And so you know, we've looked at things like how to how to read and study your Bible. You know. I, we, we tell our young people that they need to be reading their Bible without sometimes giving them the, um, the answers on how to do that exactly you know it's it's uh, there, there are ways we can do it it's not as hard as it seems you know but um, but so we went through a, a, a lesson on how to read and study the Bible some some practical tips on how we can do that and our need to be doing that and then last week how to have assurance in your salvation you know we live in a world that is so confused. Where confusion and doubt abound, and and where we as believers can sometimes be, um, you know, we can be persuaded to think that we're not saved or that we can ha- doubt our salvation, and so it was some practical ways that we can actually have assurance in 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 that we're saved, assurance in our salvation, um, and so what those what those um, keys are, are, what those keys uh, in, in having that assurance to our salvation are, and so that was our last week's lesson, and this week. Um, you know, we, we looked at how to be a disciple maker and how to how to go and make disciples, how to answer God's call, um, you know, the Great Commission to go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Um, you know, and so this this week was all about how to be a disciple maker. And we looked at one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, in the book of Acts. Um, you know, we, we looked at Philip, um, you know, who was a missionary for Christ and just his experiences and and we, looked at his obedience and so um, I'm excited for for you to to kind of join with us this week and looking at what it means to be uh, a disciple maker how we're how we're to do that but hey you know what I'm gonna I'm just gonna quit and uh quit talking and we're, we're gonna go ahead and rewind it back to Wednesday night all right well I gotta fix this mic sorry Caleb, <laughs> welcome back to Wednesday night refreshed. Um, thank y'all so much for for coming tonight. Hey, uh, we're continuing our um, our our study on on the more practical side of things um, with our series "How to." And and once again, um, you know the reason the the reason uh, behind this series, the reason why I wanted to do this, um, you know, it stems from from something you know stuff that I wish I had, uh, you know learn more as a youth you know uh, and what I wish I could you know what I wish I would have paid more attention to whenever I was in my youth group Um, because if I you know if I could go back you know I asked this in in my Q&A Wednesdays I asked this to everybody in Q&A Wednesday you know what is that um, what's that one thing oh by the way that's that's next week we have Q&A Wednesday next week so come back for that but something you know what is something that I would tell my teenage self um, you know, and and that would be it, and it would it would, and that's you know to to focus on your faith. That's what I would go back and t- you know one of the things I would go back and tell my, you know, my teenage self is to focus more focus more on your faith. You know, g- focus on growing it. Uh, fo- focus on growing in it, and focus on on sharing it. You know, that that's really one of the things I wish I could go back and tell myself. And the reason you know, and, and the reason is that that this world it it doesn't really get any easier. To live in as you get older you know, it gets harder i, mean, I have to tell you that it gets harder you know it brings more responsibility and and it change and, and changes both good and bad changes and i'm not saying it's all bad right i'm not here i'm not trying to depress you oh i don't want to get older but but it definitely you know it, it doesn't get any easier you know um so so focus on your on your faith and grow it while you're young so that you can have a better foundation um, you know, when it's your time to to venture out from your parents' roof and enter into adult into adulthood, and so so I wanted to offer you some practical ways to grow in your faith. You know, because I you know we because we, we get we get a lot a lot of knowledge here on Wednesday nights. You know, some nights I feel like it for you it's drinking from a fire hydrant, and and I'm 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 sorry, but I'm just trying to prepare you. I'm trying to teach you, and I'm trying to grow you. You know, because I care about your faith. I care about your your spiritual well being. And I know sometimes, you know, you could probably leave here and like, wow, that was a lot. And so this series is to give you some practical ways to deal with these things, how to put this into practice. And um, you know, like like how to how to read and study the Bible, right? You know, that was that was our first one of the series. You know, what does it look like to actually cause yeah, I think Bo mentioned it, you know, I always tell you to read your Bible, but you pick up your Bible like, I don't know. And so, you know, I hope through that lesson that you understand it's not as hard as it has to be. You, we make it harder. You know, we open up the Bible, and, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, but it, it doesn't mean that it's, it's hard to study it and read it, you know. you got to go in with a plan, and I hope you were able to do that after that lesson. And, um, and, and you know, because the thing is, it is it, it's always meant to be read and studied through the lens of the gospel. That's something we went over, you know, throughout, through the Bible you know, everything you read has to go back to the gospel. Um, you know, that's the over, over the overarching theme of Scripture is God's redemption of mankind through Jesus. So, all of the Bible points to Jesus, and and we have a need to to read it and study it in, in accordance to that. So that that makes it pretty easy to read to read Scripture is knowing that it all points to Jesus. But we went over some ways to read and study the Bible to help show that it's not it's not that difficult to do but it does it takes effort and it takes consistency you know to grow in that spiritual discipline and that's what it is um, but it's one that we need to practice and get better at especially now you know as young people like i said as young people it's something to grow in right now um, you know who you know because you are living in a culture that is so confused and it's searching for truth and so it's it's constantly grabbing hold of all these different things looking for that truth when it's when it's right here in front of you you know it's in the word of god and that's what you should be clinging to um and 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 you know it it, because this this culture's so confused and speaking of confusion and doubt it it's that's so prevalent in our world um you know it can even seep into our head and make us question our own salvation you know if we're even saved or not, and we can begin to ask that question you know am I saved you know have I truly been saved by God and so remember last week we we went over we went over some ways to put those doubts to bed right and if you if you weren't here, then I encourage you to to go back and listen to that because um you know that That's something that's really, really prevalent now. I I listen to a lot of Christian podcasts, you know, I watch other pastors, I listen to other youth pastors, and one of those big questions today is because confusion and doubt is so prevalent, you know, there are are people out there who question and doubt their salvation. And so, um, we went over four ways to have assurance in that, in your salvation. Um, Remember, first, we have to understand what salvation is. You know, the saving work that only God can do. Remember... Um, you know, ABC, accept that you're broken, that you're a sinner in need of a savior. You know, believe in Jesus, believe in who he was, what he came to do, that he died, he, he then he then um you know got put in a tomb for three days, and then he beat death, he beat sin, and he rose again, and he and he's lives today. And 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 that we share in that victory as believers, you know, over sin and death. And so we believe that what Jesus did, we believe the gospel, and then we confess that, right? We we confess that we believe it. You know, and then we 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 repent, we turn from our sin, we confess that we believe in Jesus, we believe that He is that He is Lord, and we turn to Him, and we put our hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross and we confess that with our mouth. You know, in that moment we experience the gift of salvation. And so that's what salvation is, that saving work that only He can do. And, and, you know, and then we have to respond to the gospel and experience that that salvation. We have to acknowledge Jesus as Lord right? You know, do that repenting act of, of turning from sin and turning to Jesus as King, no longer letting sin rule our life, but Christ instead. And so, so now, you know, we have to know and understand salvation, then we have to experience it, and then thirdly we have to trust God's promise that He will never leave you, nor forsake you. We have to trust that nothing can ever take you from His hand, that nothing can ever separate you from His love. And then the fourth was the fruit of your life as evidence of your faith. You know, faith born of a new life in Christ should be evident in how you live it. How you live out your life, you know. And this isn't remember by by the way. This isn't a call for perfection, you know. But it's a but it's striving to be better through through daily repentance from sin and sorrow. And then you got the sorrow over your sin, you know. And and then you you turn back to God. And uh, it's also evidence evidence in your spiritual growth or lack thereof. Remember the marks the marks of being a disciple. You know, reading God bless you. Reading and studying the Bible. You know, if that's something you're doing. Uh, you know, having a healthy prayer life, being plugged into groups like this one, gathering with the saints to worship like we do on Sundays. And so so is that happening in your life? You know, is there a want to, to spend time with God? Is there a want to to be plugged into Bible studies? Is there a, a want to, be, to, to worship together as the church on Sunday mornings? Um, you know, if it is, then, you know, it's evidence of a life changed by the gospel. If not, then you need to talk to me. You know, or one of the leaders, or your parents, or somebody that you trust that cares about your spiritual well-being. And I hope you know. I hope that this has been helpful for you so far. You know, I hope you've learned what it means to have faith and grow in your faith, the practical steps it takes to do these things. This week, you know, we're looking at something that as believers we're commanded to do, and and, um, and, and you know, doing it, um, you know, by the way, proves your faith and it grows it as well. But before Jesus ascended back to heaven, remember what he said. Remember his last words to his followers there and to us by extension today. Matthew 28 verses 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love that promise at the end there, by the way. You know that, that he is with us uh, forever and always. But it's a command you know, to go and make disciples, you know, baptizing them and instructing them. And tonight we're looking at how we do that. Now how, to, how, to make, how do we make disciples? What does that take? And tonight we're going to be in one of my favorite passages. We're going to be in the book of Acts. I love it. Acts chapter 8, uh, verses 26 through 40. So if you have your Bibles with you tonight, I hope you do. Acts um, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Is anybody here a fan of useless information, like I am? Are you, are you, like, a fan? Do you have, like, useless info in your head that you just pull out at random times just, like, to impress people or, yeah? I know over five Kiss songs. Oh, yeah, it's pretty useless. I mean, you are wearing a Kiss shirt, so I'd hope so. Uh-huh. I started a- listening a- to them last week. Okay. I nice. got the shirt six months ago. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, so I mean, I uh, you know, I've always been a fan of just the ridiculous, like, hypothetical questions. Um, like ever since i was like, like ever since i was young um you know like like what you know for instance what billionaire playboy philanthropist superhero would win in a fight batman or iron man i don't know spoilers dude or 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 um or what what would happen if wolverine went through a black hole right you think i don't know he can regenerate or who would win in a race? The Flash, Quicksilver, or Speedy Gonzales? Right? Quicksilver. right. Quicksilver. Speedy Gonzales. Yeah. yeah. See, most of it... I know. I'm, it shows that I'm an herb because most of these have to do with superheroes. Um, and then... Gonzalez isn't a superhero. I know, he's not, but he, he should be. In space, in space Jam, he is. But, you know, uh, but then I came across this book one day, um, and it's, it, it turned into, like, one of my favorites. It's really, really neat. It's called What If? And it is, um, and it's, it's serious scientific answers to absurd hypothetical questions. And, um, it's really neat. Uh, if you've ever wanted to know, I'm going to go to the table of contents real quick. If you've ever wanted, well, if I can turn to it, if you've ever wanted to know, um, you know, what would happen if we, if everybody actually had a soulmate, it's in here. The guy does the math and figures it out. Um, you know, what would happen if you took and dropped a Tyrannosaurus rex into the Sarlacc pit? You know, that's one for my nerds in here. Um, and so it's got a lot of the, like, hypothetical questions. And, he, and then he goes to, like, links to, to answer them. And it's really neat. But I'm just going gonna, gonna to read you one of my favorite parts. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's not long. But the question is, what would happen if you made a periodic table out of cube-shaped bricks where each brick was made of the corresponding element? I, by the way, I've wondered this before. Like I was like, does anybody <laughs> have this? And so basically the short answer is you could stack the top two rows without much trouble. The third, row, the third row would burn you with fire. The fourth row would kill you with toxic smoke. The fifth row would do all of that stuff plus give you a mild dose of radiation. The sixth row would explode violently, destroying the building in a cloud of radioactive poisonous fire and dust. Do not build the seventh row. So now you know. So it's pretty neat and he actually he breaks it down like scientifically, mathematically, how you know all of that stuff would happen. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's it's really neat and um I just I, I like it. if you want you can come up and look at it after. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Would the T Rex or like Boba Fett? Dude, no. I don't even know how now look, I don't even know how Boba Fett survived, alright? That's just crazy. It isn't it is now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the T-Rex doesn't have any armor. Wait, you mean he didn't die? No. No, there's a whole show about that. What is, what is, what is, what no, I have Star wars. wars. It's a Star Wars talk, by the way. Okay. Well, yep. spanker, he's got <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, we can, like I said, I could talk about this stuff like all day. This is like, I love, I love talking about these things, cause you know, cause I am a nerd. Um But, but you know, it's it's a neat book and it's fun to read and share. And and the thing is, I could probably go around the room and ask each uh, each one of you what is something that you like to share, and um, and I know that I would get a lot of different answers because we all like to share what we love, don't we? You know, we all we all do. We like to talk. I mean, we just had kind of that. I mean, I I, I had some some uh, some other people that love this useless information like I do. Uh, but you know, have you ever gone anywhere? Have you ever like gone to a restaurant or or maybe or maybe this has happened at school? Um, and and where the people next to you are, are having a conversation about something that you really like, or you really enjoy. Maybe they're having a conversation that who would win in a fight, right? Uh, professor X or I don't know, somebody else, but, um, but then, and then you try to like find ways to place yourself in that conversation. Like you start thinking, you're like, I can find an end. I got to find an end. I got to find an in this conversation. Or or maybe if you're awkward like me and, and and you just cannonball like like right into the middle of the conversation like they like said Billy Joe was me and I had to say something. Is. Oh my gosh, he you and Billy Joe. I feel like Billy Joe comes up is in every lesson. The hill you were gonna die on. I know like two songs by him and I already know. Anyway, you just like cannonball right into the conversation and you just like put your arm around the person like ha 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 like you've been there the whole time <laughs> and then and then you just like start talking in the con- like you like you started the conversation in the first place it's 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 fun to do but but we do I, you know we we love sharing and talking about what we enjoy and and the things that we like now now what about your... god bless you what what about what about your faith what about your faith you know is is your faith so important that that you have this desire within you to share it with those whom god has put in your life and who desperately need to hear it cuz yeah i mean you can share and they talk about like silly stuff all day with people, but what about your faith? Remember that number I gave you a couple weeks ago? You know, Lifeway did that poll, right? Only, only three in ten unchurched Americans. You know, three out of, out of ten unchurched Americans, that's like 29%, say a Christian has ever shared with them one on one how somebody becomes a Christian. And, only, and it said only slightly more, say, a Christian has ever told them about the benefits of participating in, in a local church. is like 33%. Or, or the benefits of becoming a Christian, only 35%. So those numbers are pretty small, right? And, uh, but, but here's the thing as well. You know that's, that's kind of depressing, but remember, here's the thing as well. The unchurched say that they're open to having religious conversations. Remember, close to half of unchurched Americans at 47% say that they would discuss freely if somebody wanted to talk about their religious beliefs. That's a pretty high number. And another 31% would listen without actively participating. Uh, and then said few said that they would discuss with some discomfort, 12%, or change the subject as, as soon as possible at 11%. So that's an open door. That's what I'm saying. We have an open door, but nobody is actually doing it. You know, As believers, we're, we're not answering the call to go out and make disciples. So, so there, so there are thousands of people out there who are open to hearing the gospel that are that you know that are open to having these life changing conversations. But it takes you, it takes us, the church, opening our mouths to speak and share the truth. You know, it takes us sharing with those in our life the life changing message of the gospel. But remember, like I said earlier, you know, the first part of that is is actually being you know uh, born again. Right? I already went through with the ABC, right? Accept, believe, confess. And, and and so has that happened to you? Have you responded to the gospel message? Have you become born again? If not, then what is holding you back from doing that? What is holding you back tonight from responding to the gospel? You know, because that has to take place first. You know, and, and then after we become missionaries for the gospel, you know, taking taking the gospel wherever God has placed us. You know, your schools. Tell you this all the time, and you you hear it other places too, I'm sure, you know that your schools are the biggest mission field that you're ever probably gonna have. Your schools, the public school system. It's the biggest mission field that you're probably ever going to experience and be in. You know, so use this time wisely. You know, that's something else I wish I could go back and tell my teenage self. You know, don't squander this time that you've been given in, in the place that God has placed you in. Live out the word that has transformed your life you know, that continues to renew your life, a life that is constantly being transformed and renewed by the unchanging truth and nature of God and His Word, is a life that is on fire, overflowing with thankfulness and joy, ready to proclaim the life-giving, life-saving message of, of the gospel to everybody, right? You know, and can you honestly say right now that that's you? That you are being constantly transformed and renewed. That your life is on fire and overflowing and you have this desire to share the gospel with everybody in your life. Is that you right now? Because, because the thing is, you know, can you, can you say that you've been living boldly for Christ, ready to, and willing to do whatever? Because if the answer is no, then what's getting in the way of that? What's getting in the way of you, of you doing that? You know what is distracting you from doing the things that you know God is calling you to do? You know who else or what else has your focus? Because the thing is, our lives should be lived out boldly for Christ. And we have so many people in scripture that that show us this boldness, that exhibit this boldness, but but tonight we we're going to be looking at a guy named Philip. And like I said, this is like one of my favorite passages in in the Bible. It always gets me fired up, and it comes out of the book of Acts, and so, you know, it's already going to be good. But but we're going to be looking at a man tonight uh, named Philip. So Philip Philip, uh, if you if you uh, you may you may have heard this before, but Philip he was one of the disciples, and uh, you know and he was deemed qualified by the church to serve, to lead, to go out uh, and, and help the community. And you know he was one of the first deacons actually ever elected by the church. Um, he was elected along with Stephen. Um does anybody remember Stephen? What happened to Stephen? Anybody remember? He got stoned. Right. He got martyred. He was he was stoned for his faith. Uh and he became the first martyr for uh for for the for the faith. Mm-hmm. And um <coughs> he was stoned to death for proclaiming uh Jesus as the Son of God. And then and then after and then after that happened the church is then persecuted and, and scattered, uh, and uh, after Stephen is put to death, and, and the easiest thing for the church to do in this scenario would probably just be to lay low, right? You know, because here they are, they're being persecuted. Like families are getting ripped apart. You know, children are being taken out of their homes. You know, uh, parents are are being carted off, and, and and the church is just being being scattered everywhere. And so the easiest thing probably to do in that in that in that scenario will probably just be, hey, let's let's lay low for a little while, right? be quiet. You know, to, to hide, keep quiet, just keep your head down, don't rock the boat. But but the scattered church does just the opposite. In Acts chapter 8, verse 4, it says, and so those who were scattered went on their way silently, quietly. No, it says they went on their way preaching the word. That's amazing. That's so awesome. And so everywhere the church scattered to, they preached the word. They didn't stay quiet. They did just the opposite and they declared the word of God, they shared the gospel message everywhere they went, everywhere that they were scattered to, over and over and over and over again, we see God putting his people, the church, into his places where he wants them for his purposes, which is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so the scattered church continues to share the word in in the places they're scattered to. And and then we see Philip, right? We see Philip doing the same thing. He goes down to Samaria to the Samaritans. you know, the Samaritans, they were half, the half-Jewish people, uh, and they were the ones that the, Jew, the Jewish people, they treated like garbage. They treated them like lower than dogs. Um, you know, and so Philip does this awesome and bold thing by going and preaching to them the message of the gospel that says, you know what, Jesus didn't just die for the Jews, he didn't just die for them, but he died for you too. He died, he died for everybody on the cross. And, you know, he, he preached this bold message to them, and guess what? Lives were changed. You know, God worked through Philip's boldness and reached the Samaritans and actually even led a man named Simon who, who practiced sorcery to salvation. You know, that, that's an awesome testimony uh, of God. And, you know, that, that could be your homework go, you know, to, to go and read later tonight. It's a cool story. But tonight we're jumping down to Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. And we're going to be seeing three ways to be a disciple maker. All right, that's what we're looking at tonight, how to be a disciple maker. And so let's go ahead and dive into the word. If you have your Bibles open, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. But before we do, let's, uh, let's pray together. Y'all pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for tonight, God. Well, thank you so much, God, for, um, for everything that's already taken place, for the reading of your word. And Father, as we go into it deeper tonight and we see how to be a disciple maker, God, I pray that you put a burden on all of our hearts here tonight that we can go out and we can live these, these principles out, that we can actually go out and, and do what you call us to do boldly, and that is make disciples. The worst thing we can do tonight is not leave here changed by your word. And so, Father, I pray that we can be changed, that we can live out your call to be disciple-makers boldly. So be with us now. Teach us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So read along with me. Acts chapter 8, um, verses 26 through 40. Let's start. It says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, this is the desert. Ro- the de- uh, this is the desert road, and so he got up and he went. It says there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, and a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The Spirit told Philip, "Go and join that chariot." Let's stop there for a second. So we have Philip. Now, Philip, he's a missionary for Christ, and we see him receive a command from the Lord through an angelic messenger to get up and go. Get up and and go, right? And that command to get up and go, uh, it brings me back to when I was a teenager. You know, it probably doesn't have to bring you back because you're living it. But, but you know, when, whenever uh, I was a teenager, you know, my parents would, would always ask me to do something, to do anything, really. I'm going to paint you a word picture. You Ready? So say you're at your house, you're in your room, you know, you're playing video games or you're scrolling through Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, <coughs> binging your favorite show Netflix, do whatever it is you enjoy doing, reading, reading what if, and, and your mom and your dad, they, they walk in and say, hey, w- get up and go wash the dishes, or hey, get up and, and go, go walk the dog, get up and go take out the trash. What is your usual response? In a minute, right? Usually. That was mine what is your usual response All right. okay. in a second in a minute yeah whatever. you know that was my answer you know anytime anytime my parents ask me to do something you know and you know and hey i'm not trying to say that only kids and teenagers are guilty of this we as adults you know are we we do that too guys we do mom i'm an
1: adult now yeah exactly
0: <laughs> exactly but, uh, you know, I, I think I have finally learned to get up the first time my wife asked me to take out the trash because if I don't, then she's going to, like, take it out herself aggressively. And, and then that's going to kind of, that's going to, like, signal my, my couch status. But, uh, but as believers, we're, we're, com- we're commanded. We are commanded by God to get up and go, right? Go make disciples of all nations. We're called to live a certain way to treat our neighbors with love, to, lo- to love God with all that we are. You know, we're called to live life a little bit different than the rest of the world, to put off the old life and put on the new and embrace our new life in Christ Jesus. But sadly, our response to God is, in a minute. I'm doing this right now. You know, I'm doing this. You know, I'm, follow- you know, I'm following this person right now, you know. Uh, I can't leave this. I can't. I can't leave this person right now. I'm doing this. You know. I, I'm. You know. What, I'm living life for me right now. I'm trying to live my best life right now. You know. I, I'll follow you, but I'll follow you in a minute. I'll follow you in a little while. You know. Maybe when life's a little bit better, or maybe when I'm a little bit older. You know. Oh, I'll go invite that person to church next time. You know. They, it just doesn't seem like the right time, right? I'll Oh. You know what? I'm going to go home and I will pray for you. I will pray for you later, in a minute. When God has commanded us to get up and go that means get up and go now now and we have philip here who is commanded by his heavenly father to get up and go go south it says down from jerusalem to gaza through the desert and then it says he told the angel yeah i will in a minute you know when i finish what i'm doing you know I'm, i'm gonna go does it say that no no it says god told him to get up and go and he got up and went that's awesome that is boldness. That is faith. You know, talking to unbelievers, one of the biggest reasons why they won't choose to believe in God is because they don't want to be under anybody else's authority. That's one, of the first, that's one of the first things I've, I've realized, you know, when I go into a talk with someone who's an unbeliever, when somebody who, who, who doesn't yet, you know, maybe they're on the verge of, of, of following Jesus, or maybe they're just not sure. One of, those, one of those things is they don't want to follow anybody else. They, they want to be king, king and controller of their own life, right? You know, they don't want to be under anybody else's authority. I mean, who does? You know, what human likes to take orders from somebody else? Because we are broken, prideful sinners to our core. Every single one of us. You know, we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. You know, that's why, that's why humanity is... Is, uh, is, I'm sorry, that's why humility is such a big thing for ourselves as, as, as believers. You know, it's acknowledging that, that we are broken, and we can not save ourselves. You know, that we, that we need help in that department, that we need Jesus and what he did on the cross. We need Jesus to come into our life and clean house, and that happens when we acknowledge him as Lord of our life, our entire life, not just bits and pieces. We make ourselves low, and we raise up Jesus. You know, we put his wants and his needs above our own. And Philip does that here by obeying God. When he, and, and, and when told by God to go, Philip didn't waste any time. He didn't waste any time at all. He got up and he went. He obeyed. You know, what does Scripture say about loving God? If you love God, you'll do what? You'll do what you want. No, if you love God, you will keep his commands. If you love God, you will obey him. And we see Philip here obey God's command here to go, signaling his love for God, right? When we obey God, by the way, amazing things happen. Just recently at work, and I'm not going to say any names, I don't ever say any any things, but cuz this person might, might listen to this later. Um, but at work this past week, uh actually, um I got I was my heart was burdened for a coworker. They went through some some pretty awful things at a at another church. Uh, they were heartbroken, they were left humiliated by the pastor. And his wife, and um, they stopped going to church, and um, just looked despondent. And I, 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 like I said, I was burdened for them, and uh, and I was also burdened to to share the gospel with this coworker. And so, in the break room, as I'm eating like spicy chicken wings, I I lay out the whole gospel. It's the first time I've ever done that, by the way, while eating wings. It was it was awesome. Um, they were really spicy too. But I lay out the whole gospel and I asked this person, have you ever made a profession of faith? Do you have hope today? Like if you had a blank piece of paper in front of you, could you could you write your your before Christ? Could you write your your moment of salvation? Could you write your your walk with Christ since? And they said, I thought I had done it, but I don't know. I don't think so. And so I shared the gospel with this person. I give her one of those one of those tracks that we have out there that that lays everything out and um you know, I'm going to have continuing talks with them. And so, who knows? You know, they might be in our church getting baptized soon. You know, that's something we can pray for and hope for. But amazing things happen when we obey God's call. When we say yes. When we, when we go out of our way. When we answer God's call to whatever He's calling us to do in faith. Amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. And so, so that, you know, the first way that we are to be a disciple maker is to obey God's command to, call, uh, God's command to go. So number one, obey God's command to go. No questions asked, no matter what. Wherever and whenever he says to go. And here God's command uh, to go put Philip in the path of somebody in need of the gospel message. Let's look back at the passage, uh, verse 27. It says, so he got up and went. It says, there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, and a high official of Candace, queen of the ethiopians who was in charge of her entire treasury he had come to worship in jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home reading the prophet isaiah out loud and so here we had this outsider you know this ethiopian man scripture says this man was a eunuch if you don't know what a eunuch is uh ask your parents later um or you can ask brother john maybe when he gets back you can ask him but more importantly than than that than the fact that he was a eunuch um you know he was he was from ethiopia and You know, he had, he had come here from afar, and it says that he was, he was pretty important back in Ethiopia as well, that he was in charge of the queen's entire treasury. He was the money guy. You know, he was in charge of the money. And so just like today, back, you know, back then, money equals power, presence, and importance. Okay? So three facts we know about this guy. He was culturally different from Philip. He was somebody who had come from afar. He was socially different from Philip. He was somebody of prominence. Prominence. And he was religiously different from Philip. He was not yet a follower of Jesus. You know, he was most likely he he most likely practiced Judaism, uh, as that was the main religion of Ethiopia at that time. And so, so those are the three things we know about him. <coughs> Excuse me. And since uh, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, we see we see Philip here, and we see him take the gospel message to people different from himself. He's already done this. we, we he went to the Gentiles. Remember that he went to the non-Jewish people, specifically the Samaritans and and you know the jewish people remember thought of them as half-breeds and considered them lower like lower than the low and god used philip to share the gospel with them and lead them to faith in jesus and and the samaritans were different from philip they lived a considerably uh, a, considerable, a considerable different diff, uh, distance from judea and and they were all around different people uh, from the ones that philip had usually associated with and so god placed him in a position to have even a wider influence with this man from ethiopia you know god putting his people in his places for his purpose right and what a perfect opportunity for philip here and it says the man he was in town to worship and he was reading aloud the prophet isaiah in his chariot i mean philip philip could not have gotten like a better setup here it's like 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 god was like giving him the alley-oop i mean he it was like the perfect opportunity to share jesus with somebody by the way, I don't know if you know this. I'm a little awkward sometimes. I think I've already shared that. Um, but I'm all right, fine. I'm 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 a lot awkward a lot of times. But one, you know, one day I uh to strike up a conversation with a student, I had to um I led with the question, "Have you ever put potato chips on a sandwich?" Yeah, I had to lead with that. And um. Uh, you remember that? Yes, I do. You remember who that was? No. Yeah, okay and you know but but it went from there you know that that was a that was just a conversation starter it went from there and you know and hey you know god used that conversation and he grew it to a place where that student acknowledged jesus as lord of their life <laughs> actually that student's name was grant um that was how i started a conversation with grant who's not here tonight but um but you know hey it was an awkward start but it, it led to this amazing conversations and this relationship that has grown to a, the place that it is now. Like that was Grant before Christ. Now you see him after. It was, it's amazing. Yeah. And here, you know, Philip had it easy. He didn't have to say, "Oh, hey, you ever put potato chips on a on a on a sandwich?" I mean, I, yeah. I'm guessing they had that back then. I don't know. But yeah. Philip had it easy. The, I I, put fries on my versions, yeah, I do burgers stuff like that all the time. That but hey, 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 what, what about what about you? Has God ever put somebody in your path and told you to go? Shh, 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 shh. Think about that. Has God ever put you, put put somebody in your path and, and told you to go? You know, maybe they were different than you. Or, or maybe they were the same. Maybe they were, they were even a blood relative. Did you go? You know, we have that need to go. To run up to those whom God lays on our hearts. But I've, I've, I've met those who won't even go up to somebody else in the church and pray with them. I've, I've, I have met those who won't who won't go up to somebody else in their own youth group and say, hey, you know, I know you've had it rough lately, and I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I want to offer a helping hand. I want to encourage you simply. And 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 I've met people who simply won't go up to somebody else in our own church and, and offer to encourage them simply, you know, because either pettiness or fear has gotten in the way of them building up their fellow brother or sister in Christ. And I've told you this before, you know, Look, if you want to go and serve others, like if you want to go and, and serve other people in our community, if you want to go on, on, a, on a mission trip somewhere else, you know, you, first you've got to be able to serve each other. You've got to be able to serve each other. You know, how are you going to go out and help other people if, if you don't even have the hearts to build each other up? When God says go, we're obligated to go. So, Philip, he's responded here to go. Let's see what happens next. Read with me. Uh, verse 29. It says, The Spirit told Philip, Go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? How can I? He said, unless somebody guides me. So, he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I know uh, those who run co- uh, cross-country or track or whatever, they aren't here tonight because they have a race. Boo. Um, But did you know our pastor, Brother John, you know, he's a runner? You know that sometimes you may see him running at the track or maybe in his neighborhood. I want you to imagine Brother John now running down Cane Market, like the road that's outside the church, right? Then imagine him trying to run up to cars and share the gospel with them. Maybe Luke could do that, right? No? He would. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's dangerous. This road's awful. You know, I have a, a different car in my in, in my ditch, like in my yard, like every other week. But but this road is dangerous, and, and that would just be crazy. And also, he would probably have to have like cheetah cheetah like speed. But hey, you know, it would be bold for him to try that. So, uh, but here now in Philip's case, you know, and I've heard it's I've heard this said before the chariot wasn't moving, but it shows Philip's boldness and and obedience to God's command just to go up and you know and and by saying you know Philip ran up to it I just like that even more cuz if the chariot wasn't moving and Philip ran man that shows his heart that shows his obedience that just shows shows his, his fervor for sharing the gospel so I now I picture the chariot not moving but I imagine Philip like zooming right toward this chariot um and so and I, I like that so he didn't just go he ran he's like super obeyed right um but you know he he didn't have to run but he chose to and he wanted to get to this man to witness to him you know, as fast as he could. That—that's boldness. Um, so, hey, you know, when's the last time you did that? Did you, you know, maybe, maybe you you went, but maybe you went like, ah, I guess I'll go, God. You know, when's the last time you actually ran when God told you to go? Right? Have you ever? Have you ever ran? You know, when God called you to do something. I really do think we can learn from from Philip Philip's obedience and boldness here. But anyway, he he joins the chariot, and and you know, he heard him reading scripture. And by the way, who reads out loud? That's just a weird thing. My three-year-old niece Willow, you know, she reads out loud, and that's like the cutest, most adorable thing. But like if an adult does it, that's just weird and creepy, okay? But anyway, and this is cool. It says that Philip heard that he was reading the prophet Isaiah, and he asks them, Hey, do you know what do you understand what you're reading? Like, do you know what you're reading? Do you know what those words that that you are speaking, do you know what they actually mean? Like, how bold is that? Like I guess it could be misconstrued today. Hey, are you stupid or something? That's not what he meant here, by the way. But he actually had a, a genuine like want to this guy to understand what he was reading, because um, because the thing is, you don't ask a question like that unless you know the answer, right? You know, you have to know your stuff if you want to ask a question like that. You know, and, and by the way, when it comes to sharing the gospel, to sharing our faith, you know, what do you think is one of the biggest reasons why we don't? You know, why are we scared to share our faith so much? because we, we don't know it as well as we should that's exactly right because we don't we don't know it how are we going to share our faith how are we going to share the gospel how are we going to share about god if if we don't if we don't know it if we don't have the answer right you know if if we're not investing in the word as we as, you know as we should be then we're not going to know the answer you know if we're not memorizing scripture that we should be then we're not going to know it and so we need to be doing these things. Like I keep telling you, you know, that's why we went through a whole, a whole lesson about how to read and study the Bible. You know, for moments like this. For when God tells us to go and we go and we have the answer. Probably is that you right now? Is that is that why you're not sharing your faith? Is that why you're not sharing the gospel? You know, what is getting in the way of you investing in the Word right now? You know, Philip's boldness here it shows us that he knew the importance of investing in people. By by running to the chariot, and that he knew the word of God. And so, the second way that we are to be a disciple maker is that is is that we we have to invest, right? We have to invest in two things. We have to invest in people, and we have to invest in the word. We have to make time for people. Everybody needs the message of the gospel, not just the ones in this building, not just the the people who are the same color as you, not just the ones who are who are in the same economic bracket as you, not just the Republicans, not just the Democrats, not just the young, not just the old, everybody needs the life-changing message of the gospel. <clears throat> and who has that, by the way? Who, who, whose job is it to bring it to, to everybody? The church. And if the church isn't doing that, then why is the church even here? You know, we have to invest in other people. It, it, can, it, it can start over coffee. It can start over an awkward conversation about potato chips on sandwiches. It can start over, like, who would win in a fight? Batman or Godzilla. I mean, it can it can start over the most mundane of things. And, you know, but we have to take time to invest in others. We have to. You know, it can start over the mundane and it can end in eternity. Are you truly making time and investing in other people? And are you investing in the Word of God? You know, it, that means knowing the Word of God, know, knowing it, knowing what it says, how it applies to our lives, knowing what it says about sin and our need for a Savior and Lord. We need to know and understand the gospel, the perfect picture of God's faithfulness. You know, we have to. We have to study. We have to live by it. We have to know it. In the wilderness, when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, you know, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8.3 to Satan. You know, he answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word is something we're to live on, we're to feast on, we're to live by. Are you doing that, right? Are you doing that? You know, so we have to know the word of God. And so this Ethiopian man, you know, he knew Philip understood what he was reading, and he invited him to sit and discuss it with him. Once again, open door, right? Open door right here. Just an amazing opportunity. So let's see what he's reading. Let's see what he's reading. It says, uh, it says, when Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? Well, how can I, he said, unless somebody guides me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter." And as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his, humi- in his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And so the eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this is about? Himself or somebody else? Whew, oh man, so I'm, I'm getting really excited because this is, this is like the build up here. This is, this, is the, this is where it's who it's, it's starting to turn, starting to get good. The scripture this man was reading was, was from Isaiah 53, all the way back in the Old Testament. He was reading the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53, verses 7 through 8, and it's this amazing prophecy for telling the life, the ministry, and the death of Jesus way back in the Old Testament. Now, I'm just going to read it to you. I'm just going to read it to you, the first eight verses of Isaiah 53. You're going to love it. It says, Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he bore our sickness and he carried our pains but in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of, opp- of oppression and judgment. And, and, and who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. And so the man here, this is what he's reading. This amazing prophecy about the coming of this man of God who will come to die for mankind, to save the people from their wickedness, <clears throat> Excuse me. even when the people would turn away from him. You know, he would not turn away from the people. And like a lamb led to the slaughter, he would be silent. He would take the punishment uh, that the people deserve because of their rebellion. And the man turns to Philip and asks, who is this about? That's like the best question. That's like the best question. I love this question. It's up there with like the question of like, how can I be saved? I love this question here. And I I can just see Philip's eyes light up. I can just, I can just, you know, he's got to be shaken with excitement. I can just feel the excitement because he knew who this was about. He knew exactly who the prophecy was talking about here. He knew it was about Jesus. Look at the last part of our scripture, verse 35. It said, Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. And they were traveling down the road and they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? And some translations here include a verse 37. It says, Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then it goes on. It says, So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but he went on his way rejoicing. Number three. Number three in how to be a disciple-maker Be ready to share the gospel at any time. Be ready to share the gospel at any time. This is the perfect picture, by the way, of what happens when we are bold in our faith. When we boldly go where God commands us to go. When we know the word and when we are prepared to share the gospel of Jesus. When we respond in boldness, when we live out our faith boldly, God rewards our boldness and he changes lives. By the way, as a response to Philip being bold and sharing Jesus... God watered these seeds and, that were planted by Philip's boldness. And, and that day, the man from Ethiopia was rescued from sin and total separation from God. You know, it just took Philip being bold in his faith and, and planting the seeds. And actually, do you, know, do you know what happened to those seeds that Philip planted? You know, God, God watered them. You know, God changed thousands upon thousands of lives through this man's life. And Ethiopia is a Christian country today because of it. That's lives changed because of boldness. Church, we have to be bold and plant the seeds for God to water. He gives us opportunities every single day. But will we, number one, obey God and go where He says to go? You know, do we invest in people and do we invest in the Word so that we can go and share the message of God's faithfulness, the gospel? Are we doing that? You know, next, next, uh, when we meet together again, it's going to be Q&A. But the week after, you know, we're going to continue and we're going to we're going to look at how to love how to love our neighbors. You know, and through that, we are going to be practicing actually how to share the gospel with somebody. You know, you're going to share that you're going to practice sharing the gospel, you know, with each other. And so so come back for that. Come back next week for Q&A. But you've got some you've got some discussion to, to go on. So I'm going to pray and then hang out just for a minute for some announcements and then you can be dismissed. Y'all pray with me. Father thank you so much for this time. God, I thank you for this uh for this um what we can learn from Philip. God, that that we need to be disciple makers, God, that we need to obey, obey you when you tell us to go. We need to get up and go. That we have a need to invest in other people. We have a need to invest in your word. Also that we can share the gospel message. You know, uh share it whenever and wherever you call us to go, Father. So God, I do pray that we can leave her knowing that, that we can leave her encouraged by this Father. That we that we now know what it means to go out and make disciples. But God, now I pray, Father, over these uh this this um these small groups that that uh, true and, and, and um and great discussion can happen, God, with you in the middle of it. God, we love you. Just uh be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to study the Word of God with us here at Watson Baptist Church in the student ministry. Look, I hope you've left this lesson encouraged and ready to go out and become a disciple maker. And now that you know what it means to, to be one, what it takes to be a disciple maker, that you have to, uh, first you have to be obedient to God, right? You have to obey God, God's command to go when He says to go, no matter what. You have to... Uh, be able to invest in other people. You have to invest in others and invest in the Word of God. You know, read it, study it, live it out so that you can, uh, you know, proclaim the message of the gospel whenever and wherever God calls you. And so that that's how how to be a disciple maker. That's how to make disciples. Um, you know, those are some three easy, some some steps uh, in how, how we are to do that. And so I hope you do it. You know, I hope we can all, um, go out and, and, and make disciples of all nations. And, and now that we know what it takes, but, but uh, and I'm praying that that happens because there is a vast need uh, today in today's world and the culture we live in to evangelize, to share our faith, to live it out, to go and, and proclaim the word of God to everybody um, you know God puts in our life. But uh, I hope, like I said, this encourages you to do that. Um, as always, you know, um, feel free to share this. You know, share this with somebody who, who needs to hear it. Um, you can find us on, on Apple, on Spotify, uh, Amazon, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can share us. You can like us. You can subscribe so that you get all the new, all the new episodes as they come out. But uh, but thank you so much for taking this time to hang out with us. Um, I guess you know what you're you're dismissed.